Happy season three. Happy episode 163 of You'll Die Trying or YDT. It's a show which pulls back the curtain, takes down walls, brick by brick, and exposes the true hearts of those who are caring for those. Yes, we're going to go back in time. We're going to do a then versus now. Then versus now episode. We're pulling back the curtain and we're going to talk about 2006 and 2007. And that's why if you're catching us here and watching it in video form, yes, everything you see, you can see, not just here. Go to NathanMorrisMusic.com where everything you'll die trying now lives. You can get some swag. Yes, I'm wearing my own Baby Gap version of my shirt. You can get that on the store. And you can get a limited edition, a gentleman's closure, remastered, vinyl record. Yes, I always wanted vinyl. I said, I'm going to have a vinyl record one day. And by God, I did. It's available now. There is a limited quantity. So be sure to grab one at NathanMarshMusic.com because we're going to be kind of talking about that. When I say that, we're going to talk about a gentleman's closure. Then where I was and how now where I am and this whole remastered thing. Yep. We're going to do that. We're going to do that right now. Dua Lipa, Elton John, Britney Spears, they have released, re-released, made versions of old hits, and they've reimagined them, and they've become these amazing pieces of pop music that will now live on another 30 years. The music industry is capitalizing on previous works and reimagining, recreating you know, this whole dynamic of not reinventing the will or publishers for books. There are amazing works that continuously sell and sell and sell. And they were written 15, 20, 30 years ago, right? And they live forever. And that is where this episode is going. Then, if you didn't know in another life, after I'd gotten off the road with Stereo Motion, I'd come back home. I came back home for just a short time, and I worked in the morning. I delivered newspapers, first thing. And then I went and worked at a car dealership where I washed cars on the lot until 5 o'clock just to rush to 54 Pizza to deliver pizzas until after 11 o'clock and then get up at 3.34 in the morning and do it all again. I had three jobs, and I worked and worked and worked. Well, I went from lot boy to car salesman. Yes, I did. And it was in car sales that I learned to just meet people. Unbeknownst to me, it was kind of creating the foundation to this whole like, I meet you where you are, that we say, that I say now. That is authentic and genuine, is I genuinely meet you where you are and I accept you. I don't care where you have come from. If you came from, a Rolls Royce or from the dumpster on back. I obviously would want you to not come from the dumpster, but my point is, is you don't have to have much or you have whatever you have or not have. I still will meet you here. I sold cars for just a very short time. And then I decided, I didn't decide, it's been impressed upon me in my heart. And The War of Art is a book by Stephen Pressfield. I don't know how long ago it was written, but kind of coincides with the fact that it just continuously reimagines itself and holds weight. It's a burning thing that is in your heart, this very moment that you love more than anything in the world that you love to do. 
whether it's knitting or writing or driving fast, I don't know. But if it is in your bone marrow that you must do this thing, if you are not doing this thing, then you are doing the world and injustice and yourself and then the people, right? The people, when I say show up, the people that are here waiting for you to, we need you. Stephen Pressfield talks about that. I highly recommend that book, but I decided because it was in me, I needed to go to Nashville and I needed to live with Jody and Sarah Holsey and I needed to work at Starbucks all hours of the day so that I could fund a gentleman's closure. So for an entire year, I worked on this record called A Gentleman's Closure from 2006 at the end of to 2007. The record originally released November 27th of 2007. I had traveled. I had pounded the pavement. This is before social media had taken off. This was the infancy of Facebook, I think, came out in 2007 as far as not just a college profile, right? That something along those lines. And I was proud of what I had created. I was proud of this ability that we could pop in and do a show and 300 people would show up. That was a real thing. And it was because of just showing up. So I worked on this record. I self-funded it. And these songs came out. And about five years ago, I actually pulled them from the DSPs. Those are digital services, digital like Spotify, which all of this music <laughs> is available now. Right? Just so, so. We'll get to that. I knew it had more life in it. These songs meant so much to me. And that's where the then comes in. I grew up 2006 and 2007. I'm 23 years, 22, 20, however old I am. The first song on the record. Is a song called Mending Fences. If you don't know what mending a fence is, if you live on a farm or you don't have to, but mending a fence is critical to keep the critters out or your livestock or your family pet or family or baby in. So if you have a big gap, a big hole in it, you need to tend to the fence. Otherwise, all of that is at stake. Mending Fences was about my life. I grew up in a tumultuous, I grew up in a very unhealthy environment. I've experienced abuse in emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual way that I would not wish on anyone. And Mending Fences is the start of this record. And this record always was ahead of its time. I, I knew it. This is when Neo and Chris Brown was coming out and uh, Mario and Maroon 5 were really throwing out these pop anthems. And you know, these tracks of mine were not in that three minute and 38 second window. That was like the bread and butter of radio. Mending Fences starts the record, and in my life at that time, I longed to mend myself. I longed to mend everything, broken relationship, every wound, every hurt. 
I hadn't lived because I stayed in a bubble because I didn't want to get hurt anymore. I only had so many spare parts and pieces to fix what was broken. So I know that this record and the starting of it with mending fences was the best way to be as honest as possible to meet the listener in that moment. And now the song still means the same. There is no change. Mending fences, heartbeats slow. Losing doubt gains self-control. Beauty forming. Listen closely, heart still beating. We are down, but we're not out, damn it. And keep going. Keep going. You can listen to and stream Mending Fences off of Gemma's Closure Remastered, wherever it is you stream your music. And Mending Fences goes straight into Listening for a Whisper. Listening for a Whisper was... Written during a time, I remember I was on the drive from Jody and Sarah's in Smyrna to a new store in Nashville before the sun come up, and I would always wear a tie, and I would wear my green apron, and I was tired. I was really tired, and I wanted to make sure that what I was doing at the time, because when you're dropping that amount of money, everything that you have just enough to scrape by. If I didn't have Jody and Sarah to help offset, you have no, I, I mean, I wouldn't have created this record. I would not have created the record if Nathan Walters, who produced it, didn't do a favor on the cost. If Brent and Evan and everyone else who contributed to it musically didn't do a favor, then this record wouldn't have happened. I'm driving and I wanted to make sure, am I doing the right thing? And whether you meditate or pray or however it is you speak to your God or yourself, I was prayerful. And those of us who practice Christianity, God's voice is sometimes just a whisper. We have to listen. And whatever it is you believe, there is something within you deep, within your heart of hearts that we say, give me a sign that what I'm to do is what I'm doing or not doing. And we're just constantly making this noise in our head. And it's like, damn it, shut up. And mending fences goes right into listening for a whisper. And I'm really proud of the song. It feels there are two tracks on the record that really pop out that almost are like they shouldn't be there. They're supposed to be there, but they really stand out. It's a very piano-driven, ballad-esque, mid-tempo record, and that is how Listening for a Whisper came to be. And I really liked how creative I was. You know, so intentional with placement of tracks and songs and meaning. So the plea for fixing oneself to start the record into, okay, I'm doing what I am made to do, listening for a whisper, then into now, going from musician to mortician to musician, mortician, and now musician, and now I'm listening for a whisper, continually hopeful 
continually doing what I know because I want to meet you where you are because I learned that as a car salesman. I learned that in 2005. There's so many parallels. And again, listening for a whisper is available wherever you get your music stream it now after listening for a whisper goes into hear me now and hear me now in 2007 was hear me now comma waiting and hear me now is this guitar driven very loopy that's the 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 loop the that's a yeah, I'm not a not trying to beatbox. I had to redeem, redeem myself. Hear Me Now was about this idea that, you know, I I I am this all over the place guy. I have all these ideas. I'm here and there and everywhere. But hear hear me. I I like you. I remember in 2007. I'm never really dated. I was so scared. You know, I'm a I'm a fragile little which we'll get to that. I'm a fragile little being. Why is that over there? I'm a, I'm a fragile guy. And so Hear Me Now was this very sweet, bubblegummy, you know, hey, I'm falling for you. Do you hear me, right? I want to be with you. I want to try this. That's what it was. And I used to be embarrassed of the song. And I don't know why, because Evan Weatherford played on it, and he does. He plays guitar for some major name and I won't name drop, but you should just check him out. And he came in and he was like, yeah, I'll play guitar on it. And it was, the guitar is amazing. Then it was this idea of, Hey, I, I like you. Let's, let's try it. And I was embarrassed by being, you know, quirky. I almost didn't now on the remastered version, which again, there's a limited edition vinyl of this. This was remastered by Nathan Danzler. You have heard countless songs that he's remastered. He's that he's mastered. He's done Marin Morris. He's done Niall Horan. He's done One Direction. I mean, he's done so many incredible, talented artists and bands. So I just am scratching the surface. So for him to have his ears on this, shout out to the Hit Lab. And I'm grateful for that. It's, it was a dream come true. I almost didn't put it on this record. And I did, when I ended up doing so, I dropped waiting. So it's like, hear me now. You know, I just... Waiting, whether you wait for someone or not, it's more so of holding space for. You know, we make plans and then God smiles, or man plans, God smiles. And so you can speak authentically and say, you know, I'm, hear me now, I'm falling for you. Hear me now, I hope I'm getting through. Hear me now, I know it's all up to you. And when you surrender in that sense, some beautiful things can happen. So I'm glad I put it on. It shows a lot of the youthful and hopeful aspect of a positive, hopeful relationship. And now at 38, you know, there's the kid in me, the young man in me actually likes that. Vagabond, a lot of this record, it was right after 
Justin Timberlake had released his album. I think it was Future Sex Love Sounds. Yes, that's what it was. And the, if you remember, whenever Timberland always produces his records, and there's a lot of these musical interludes that would end these tracks of Justin's. And he didn't, you know, he's Justin Timberlake. He's like, you know what? I want a five minute song. I'm going to have a five minute song. And so that was the inspiration behind quite a few of the tracks because when I would work with Nathan Walters on this, it was Nathan Danzler who remastered A Gentleman's Closure, which is available now. There's Nathan Walters who originally produced and reproduced along with Brent Lane. And then there's me, Nathan Morris. So the three Nathans and Brent, right? I told Walters, I said, this song, which is very piano, it's very piano driven. I wanted it to continue. I wanted there to be more build. I wanted there to be this raw. I wanted it to just like get to your gut. And Vagabond is about then. I was touring with Stereo Motion. I had helped do some road managing and I was working on my first release that had ever come out called Leaving Duralee. Leaving Duralee is available on exclusively nathanmorrismusic.com, the shop. You can get actually what's called a CD. Yes, you can. Brent produced it. It was ultimately nominated for Indie Release of the Year next to Hanson and Taylor Swift whenever she, she was signed to an independent label at the beginning called Big Machine. I had built all this momentum. And so Vagabond, whenever I come home and I started working at the pizza place and delivering papers and washing cars, it's like, you know, I'm going to be the next major pop star. Oh, you know, the first line of Vagabond, I'm afraid I'm losing the ground I've made. All alone, everyone stops staring. You know, you work your ass off and you feel that you're just taking these steps back. And that's what this song is. And Vagabond was a very honest, like, I feel like I'm losing. And a vagabond is someone who is aimlessly floating around in space. They're a feather in the wind. They have no roots. And then I, I didn't either. I wasn't upset about not having the roots. So that's the then. The now is... I was upset to not have roots. You grow up, you get married, you have kids, you work an honest job and earn an honest wage. And the funeral profession is a beautiful profession. And again, I felt as a failure because I'd come home in 2010 and I was at the peak at the time, the peak of my career, talking to and signing with deals and doing all kinds of things. And then it just, comes to a screeching halt. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll be a funeral professional. Funeral director, yeah, that's great. Pop star to director. I felt like a loser. Nothing against the funeral profession, not at all. I thought that I failed. And that's what even now Vagabond is about. Not failure, but I run, I run, I run myself again. This track builds. This track has a beautiful string arrangement. And I'm really proud of where we took it. It's on the vinyl and it's streaming wherever it is you stream on the Gentleman's Closure Remastered. I'd like you to meet my father 
was the hardest song to write. And every time I hear it now, I get emotional and talking about it is a very emotional experience for me. I grew up in a tumultuous environment. I come from generations of abuse and alcoholism and I'm the middle child and I'm different. I'm proud of that. I have an older brother and a younger brother and I caused a lot of stress in the home. Not saying that I'm a fault or I'm a problem. I'm I know that I'm a lot. And as a child I grew up longing to receive approval at the cost of my heart and my mental health and it's a it's a song of redemption it's a song of forgiveness and acknowledgement because we can sweep shit under the rug and act as if nothing happened if you are someone who's been abused and you have the individual who caused such harm to you who more than likely loves you so so much you have the option of not acknowledging or addressing and sweeping it which that rug if you put enough dirt under it that shit piles up so much and it's disgusting under there it'll come out or you speak to it and you forgive and you don't hold on to it. And that's what I'd like you to meet my father is about. I had to talk about it. This is before therapy. This is before all of the, the things that I'm even now in. So the then is I have to, and this is before you were as open about mental health and especially boys to to young individuals, to, to men, don't talk about that. So I would instead write about it and seeing, and I never really told the story, and it was one of those that I was, I would overlook, right? I would, it put out there and it wasn't talked about. It didn't talk about the track. And uh, now, after releasing that record in 13 or 14, mending, Vincent's mending the relationship with my father and offering forgiveness. And this song now is an acknowledgement of what's happened and acknowledging that I'm a lot more tough than I realize a lot of times and breaking a generational curse for three gen I'm the fourth so three generations of and I'm really proud of that and it's what this song is now it's about connecting with those who have been abused or neglected or making see and hear themselves in this track that's what it is and I don't want to skate over that song so I want to acknowledge it and I love 
my parents and my father and I'm proud of people who right their wrongs because when you apologize and you acknowledge wrongdoing, there's no more that someone who was wronged can say. You take the power away. You, you know, you forgive or you don't. And forgiveness is for you. It's not for the person being forgiven. Fuck that. Excuse my language. It's for you. So you don't have to carry it. That's, I'd like you to meet my father. Somebody Lovin' was written by Justin Morgan and myself, 2005, four. It was originally going to be on a stereo motion record, and they demoed it. They changed some words. It was recorded on an out-of-tune piano, and we kept it. Tune it. You could re-record it, and I was like, I like it too much. It had. So Brent, with his brilliance, tuned his guitar to match, and... We laid down the tracks, and then for A Gentleman's Closure Remastered, we added drums to it. It didn't have drums originally, but then it then it did, and that song is about getting up and going to work and doing all things. And the one, whether you believe if your faith tells you that there was, is a creator who loves you that gave away everything for love. That's what it's about. And a man or a woman, or they go and they sacrifice and they work and tire themselves and they protect others at the cost of themselves. And that's what it's about. And hopefully being an example to others to do the same. And that's then and still now what it is about. I am so proud of close like me it was on the leaving durley ep that was originally released in 05 it was produced by brent nominated for independent release of the year and we wanted to bring it over to a gentleman's closure then and at the very beginning it starts with brent's beautiful yeah it's uh such an awesome song and it was picked up originally by a suicide prevention organization because it's close like me. It's don't let go, hold on to someone close like me. And again, you didn't necessarily talk about suicide or people who have experienced that on one side or the other as much then as now the conversation post pandemic and in my works in the funeral profession and seeing the aftermath, the power of that song. And now it is more powerful, I feel. Just shot a music video for that song. Brent and I, when we get together, we we do incredible things. And I I'm really proud of that song. It is still very centered around mental health and holding tight and and being someone being someone's something or something's yeah being someone's something hold tight i'm right here i'm proud of brent and proud of what we were able to do with it and it has this one has gained legs 
this one means more now than then, not to take away the meaning for anyone who's connected with it previously, but it it is powerful. All these are available wherever you stream your music, and limited edition vinyls are available at NathanMorrisMusic.com. We're breaking down every single track off of A Gentleman's Closure from then to the remastered, which just released, and produced again by Brent Lane, Nathan Walters, and mastered by Nathan Danzler of the Hit Lab. Timmy went swimming. Timmy is my cousin who died in 1994. My first death experience ever. And it affected me so much so that I'd written a song about it, which is ironic and then that I ended up going in the funeral profession. When we stop talking about someone is when they died, right? When they ultimately die, when they go away forever is that's what happens as we stop talking. And I wanted to write a song about my death experience, which unfortunately we've experienced more death in my family since the original. But I have a cousin, Casey, and my aunt and uncle, Mike and Kathy, and I wanted, if anything, a gift to say, hey, you know, there's so many people that still love him and speak to him in the present. That's what taught me to speak to people in the present because his name was and is Timmy, right? It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful mindset to have. And that song is a story, 1,000%. It's like the perfect, hey, you you don't know how much time you have. What are you going to do with it? Like, be something. Be something. Choose good. You leave a mark. And so now that song still is a, a, an anthem for my family. And since we've lost grandparents and my cousin David, and I hope that that song connects with you in a special way. Timmy was just 18 when he died. Leaving the ground then. That song was originally on Leaving Dura Lee. And that is where Brent, who originally produced the track, began to get super creative as he began to really hone in on his craft of production and the the drums, the beatbox, the guitars, the the ebo, the there's a vocal in there that was so magical. And when we re-recorded vocals in 2007 for the A Gentleman's Closure, bringing the song from Leaving Dura Lee, we kept a vocal from 2005 that I could not have ever replicated in the most beautiful way. It is the most heartfelt, gut-wrenching plea I can never replicate that again, ever. It's about losing someone. Maybe death, maybe maybe a breakup. Sounds super stereotypical, like a typical breakup song. The first line of the entire song I'm so proud of. I have long been obsessed with like being as original as possible. And the track starts out with, I'm not ready to put your pictures away. Because we've all experienced that. And during this time, there was a girl that I liked. And as a very young 20-year-old, and, you know, that's young. You call it young love. I don't even know what that is. But 
I remember that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I don't have them anymore. I don't want to stop looking. I don't want them to stop being around. And there's a part in the song where the conversation, the conversation uh, that is replicated was an exact conversation that I had. So this song lived in leaving Duralee originally, and then it moved over to to A Gentleman's Closure, and now A Gentleman's Closure Remastered as I've buried my late grandmother and my cousin and lost relationships. I still struggle with putting pictures away and starting over. And that vocal, again, is the most powerful vocal that I've ever, I've ever done. Broken But Breathing was an accident, not by And his wife, Sarah, Jody, they took me in when I was working on this record. And Jody is a very creative writer and guitarist. And he had this song that he had originally written. And the chorus, My Castle Crumbled Down. He's very artistic with his with his picture that he paints from you know with his words and I asked him I don't know how exactly this conversation goes we were sitting on his couch in the family room but it's interesting the weatherman's calling for rain it's supposed to rain outside I'm sitting inside on the couch he permitted me to contribute to the track and we came up with Broken But Breathing, and it's it's where when we break, we, we grow. It's shedding of our skin to get the new one, and it's any other analogy you can think of. And Again, this track, I, it's almost like I didn't want it to end when we did it, when we, when we wrote it and produced it, and has this a beautiful build, and beautiful string section and there's a guitar part on it that I wanted to play and Nathan and Ina Nathan Walters producer Ina Ina Walters they went to get a bottle of wine at a a liquor store of course and they were gone for like 45 minutes Nathan taught me the track or he taught me the guitar and he was like you need to play this i was trying so hard to get my pinky there and i couldn't and he had had it on loop and i was getting pissed and he got back and it's like i can't get this one part and so he sat in front of me while i recorded because i wanted to play guitar on this record because otherwise it was a vocal it was my lyrics it was my melody ideas it was maybe some string arrangements and like let's do this it was so creative right i wanted so badly to play an instrument because we're getting close to the record. I believe all of these songs were written chronologically, right? So pretty much as we laid the record out from start to finish, one to track 10, that we kind of wrote it and recorded it. And so he sat in front of me and he would push in the string that I couldn't get with my pinky and I played guitar on it. So then it, it, it means more now than it does then because there's a part where I recorded this song at 21 years old. 21 years, 21 million mistakes. 
Now it's 38 years, 38 million mistakes. You could add the number forever and always, and it still, it still holds weight. And I guess as we get older and we go through more of life's things, I guess it means and will mean even more. I love this song. And I'm so grateful for Jody, who, who I consider it a gift for him to allow me to breathe more life into it, to give it its identity that that is. And it's even more beautiful remastered. And Closure, the last track, I'm so proud of it. So back then, the creative in me, I'd gone through a breakup and let's just be honest, I'm broken in two. Half of me is still here. The other half's with you. I didn't want this. Thought I did. It's true. Wish I could rewind now. I swear I thought this through. I remember that line. It's because you ever are on the fence and you're kind of wishy-washy and, you know, you don't know what you want. <laughs> like, yeah, I do, you know, and you go back and forth and a little too late. It's too late, buddy. That was this. And the chorus is, I'm so fragile now. Be careful what you do, girl. And every word somehow is making me hold on to you. I don't like this time thing. What I need is closure. Time heals everything, right? But you have to be patient and allow the time to pass. But you don't want the time to pass and just watching it and just existing, right? It's amazing what it meant as a young man and just the little sting versus now. You know, if every possible card in life could have fallen, it has. And the unraveling of relationships is very hard and painful, right? It's not easy. It's sad. And grief is part of living. And if you rush it away by wanting the time to pass, then time has passed that you don't get back. So the grief journey is part of the journey. And if you can find the beauty in the grief, that's, that's the magic. And it's taken years and years to at least even be able to acknowledge and speak to it this way. And closure now is what I am hopeful for. And I am sitting in it because the old me would have distracted myself from it and allowed other things to take the place of the grief that then just goes under that dirty mat that shows itself at 35. <laughs> closure is the closure of the record. It's also what I now long for, but no longer want to speed to because it's the most invaluable resource and that's time. It's unreplenishable. If you're longing for closure in some way, I encourage you to find the beauty and the challenge of getting there. The gentleman's closure remastered then versus now 21 to 38. <laughs> 
It's streaming now, wherever it is you get your music. NathanMorrisMusic.com. Limited edition vinyls are available right this very second. When they're gone, they're gone. I always wanted to have a vinyl, and that's special thanks to Jody, because we would go to 3rd and Men Records in Nashville. The White Stripes, Jack White, they would print these records. We would stand in line, and I was like, I'm going to have a record one day, and I do. And the shirt I'm wearing, if you're watching this, because you can most certainly stream this on YouTube as well, you can get on the shop, NathanMarchMusic.com. Follow me on all of the socials. Sign up for the newsletter. Grab some swag. Thanks for letting me tell my story. You have one too. You're worth it. I'm so proud of this project. And I'm proud that I've reintroduced it. Thank you to everyone who was a part of this project. From its creation. And the original followers of the music and the original fans and the original supporters and to the current and to the new fans and to the new friends and to the new people who are part of it. This wouldn't have happened and it wouldn't have happened again if it weren't for you. I'm just grateful for you and choose good, choose kindness and be sure to leave me a review here and I'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for letting me talk about then versus now. Life, isn't it funny?